Praise God, God is a good God, amen? Amen. Like Denise said, I've heard a number of testimonies from camp meeting. If you have a good testimony, just send us an email, testimony at rhema.org. Um, and, you know, that's one, one way that a lot of times you read testimonies in, in, in some of our various publications or maybe our online things. And we get those from you guys sending them in. Um, I know I've heard a number of testimonies um, from healing um, from Tuesday night's service. Um, I know there was a very strong healing. I just heard a testimony this morning about a lady's ears um, that were totally set for I me, mean, totally healed that, that service. Amen. It's just awesome. And then we've been hearing a lot of testimonies for people who are watching online that the power of God is still present to heal them, even though they're watching online. There is no distance in the spirit. But you know, um, it is interesting when we have meetings like camp meeting we, and we get on fire for God, you have to learn to keep the fire burning on the inside because you know what? Mark Hankins isn't going to come touch you every day. I mean, you know, a lot of times, it, you know, whenever you come to a meeting, and here's the thing, when you come to a meeting like camp meeting, you come expecting to receive from God. But a lot of times, whenever it's not a special meeting, you, do, you just come and show up. There's some of you maybe came to show up this morning, you're halfway tired, and that's okay. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you because he has anointed us. Amen. doesn't matter how tired you are, God is still God. But, um, you know... It, it's, it's interesting, and I, and I used to see this a lot doing youth ministry. You know, you, you, you take the kids to youth camp, they get on fire for God, and then two months later, they're back in school, and they're, they're, they're not on fire anymore. But I see adults do the same thing. Well, you get so excited about the things that God, whenever we go to some special meeting, then all of a sudden, the world hits. You know... We get a bill in the mail that we can't, that we don't have the money to pay, seemingly. We, we have this situation, that situation. You know, the devil knows when we're excited about the things of God. And it seems that whenever everything is going awesome, that's when the devil just slaps us across the face. Each and every time. But you know what? That's when you have to know who you are in Christ Jesus. You have to know who you are on the inside. You have to stir yourself up. If, if you want a good example of stirring yourself up, Roddy, um, the other day, um, of course, I, I've talked about chocolate milk. I just don't bring it to, um, you know, to, to, he brought chocolate milk, but it was so chocolatey that I don't know who'd want to drink it, but somebody actually asked if they could have it and took it and drank it. So, um, more power to them. I want to look at, a, at a, um, a scripture that I actually looked at on Tuesday night, but I want to go a little different way with it. Uh, Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, reading from the New Living Translation. And this is the account of, of um, Jesus and Peter both walking on the water. It says this, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake. When he sent the people home, after sending them home, he went up um, into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three, you know, I don't know what it is. Every time the disciples get in the boat, waves hit. So 
It's like, you know, maybe once again, you know, well, I guess one of them, Jesus was with him, but he's sleeping. You know, so I guess they just don't understand. But anyway, it says this, that Jesus came toward them um, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. And in their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. Maybe the Holy Ghost. Anyway, it goes on to say, but Jesus spoke to them um, at once. Don't be afraid. He said, take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over, uh, went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed um, back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him. Um, you really are the son of God, they exclaimed. I mean, I'm assuming they probably knew the son of God way before this, but I guess because he walked on the water, that made him you know, think he really was. Now, on Tuesday, we talked about, you know, we make fun of Peter, but Peter was the only one that got out of the boat. You know, sometimes we have to get out of the boat, especially when Jesus is there telling us we can. Jesus is always there telling you can. It doesn't matter about winds and waves. What matters is, is that Jesus says you can do it. But, um, you know, um, we talked about that Peter might have fell, but the 11 other ones never got out of the boat. You know, and then the thing that I like to say is I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat sitter. Why? Because, you know, you know, I'd rather go out there and try. But the point is, as long as Peter, and that's what I want to talk about, he focused in on Jesus, he walked on the water. Now, what happened was, is that Peter took his focus off of Jesus, and he started looking at the winds and the waves, and that's when he began to sink. Now, I don't actually believe that, that Peter actually started looking to the right or left. I think he was still looking at Jesus, but when he saw Jesus, he also saw winds and waves. You know, but the winds and waves were there before Jesus started walking on the water. The reason I'm pointing that out is sometimes when we have a special meeting like we had, you know, we're so excited that we feel like we're walking on the water. And as long as we're focused on Jesus, no problem. But when real life happens, that's where the winds and waves come on. And so we have to continue to focus in on Jesus when we're not having a special meeting. We got to continue to focus in on Jesus when it seems that we are surrounded by winds and waves and storms and different things. The only difference between us and Peter is that um, Peter could see Jesus with the physical eyes. We don't see him with our physical eyes. And so sometimes because we can't see Jesus, it's harder for us to know he's there. But also unlike Peter, he could see Jesus with his physical eyes, but we have Jesus on the inside. We don't have to look, I mean, you know, we, we can focus in on the inside. You know, he leads us and he guides us. He's right there on the inside at all times. Do you realize the Bible says he will never leave you nor forsake you? So that means any point, any time of the day, 24-7, 365, and happy leap, leap year 366, Jesus is right there with you. Even when you're at home, Singing the song all by yourself, 
you know, you're never all by yourself. You're never alone with Jesus. That was actually my first lab sermon that I preached at Raymond. You're never alone. Um, and I use home alone as, as an example. You're never home alone when Jesus is with you. He's always on the inside. So you know what? Anytime you face a wind or a wave, guess what? The greater one's on the inside. What's on the inside of you is greater than any wind or wave. Now, when I'm saying wind or wave, what I'm saying in, your, in, in our world, you know, unless you're actually on the lake or on the ocean, you're probably not really facing real winds and waves. What you are facing is economic recession or, or Bidenomics or whatever is going on right now. All right. I mean, you're facing the economy. You're, you're facing, you know, maybe a physical situation. You know, you're maybe facing some emotional things, but there's always winds and waves. But, you know, um, there's a scripture in the Old Testament, um, and it says this, and it made me begin to think about this. Um, Isaiah 26, 3, Isaiah 26, 3, New King James says this, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So you know what, as long as our mind is stayed on Jesus, we, would be, we should be in perfect peace, right? That's what the Bible says. So my question is, when you're not in perfect peace, where is your mind? Because at some point in time, you're going to maybe feel like you're not in perfect peace. Now, here's the thing, this is, this is what we have to understand. We are all human. You understand that? Well, of course, I guess they've been finding some UFOs here recently. So, but I'm assuming everyone in this room is human. All right. Um, the point is, human nature is, when, whenever a wind or a wave comes in, a lot of times, immediately, we begin to think, you know, negatively. But what you have to understand, as soon as those thoughts come to you, you have to cast down those imaginations, like the Bible says. You have to forget about those thoughts and start thinking on him. You know, when we find out that we're not in perfect peace, then that's when you put your mind back on Christ. Because as long as you put your mind on Christ, you'll be in perfect peace. You'll be able to walk on the water even though there are winds and waves. Because we're living in a time where it seems that there's lots of winds and waves going on at all times. But it's not about the winds and waves. It's about Jesus Christ. And a lot of times what happens is, is because we live in a real world, we focus in on the troubles and the situations and the circumstances, and it's easy to do. It's easy not to focus in on Jesus whenever, you know, you're, you just, you're hit with all kinds of different things. But, um, you know, the, the thing about it is I, I think a lot of times about, you know, things my grandfather would say. You know, and whenever they would face some challenges, and one of the things that if you read um, from my grandfather, one of the things that was most challenging him, um, and he took a long time to get, to get over, was financial situations. He said, you know, healing was really easy. Obviously, if you came off a deathbed, you know, that's thing. But financial situations tend to, he tend to struggle for a, for a long time until he finally got it. You know, so we're all human. All right, and financial situations come in our minds thinking, well, I just can't afford it. I can't do this. I can't. Well, the Bible says you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. 
you need to get the can't out of your mindset. Now, it's pretty easy for me and my sister because my mom, that's, that's her favorite verse. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. So, um, I mean, I've even known a number of times when I've sat in her office and she asked me to do something. I'm like, man, we can't do that. Well, obviously, you can't say the word can't to her. Doesn't, doesn't exist. So the new word is we can do it. I don't know what it's going to cost. Like that globe right there. We did it. That's an expensive globe. That was, we couldn't find anyone in the world that, that could tell us how to do the globe, at least at the time. In 1992, when we put that in there, we, they, we actually um, checked with, you know, people from Disney, Universal, you know, some of these things. Surely has, you know, someone has some kind of plans or whatever. Now, maybe other people have come up with a globe like this, but I mean, I, I've never seen one. Now I've seen spinning globes, but not spinning globes that come down from the ceiling and light up. Um, and in fact, um, when I was told that we can't do it, so we did it ourselves. We figured out how to do it with God's help. All right. So the, the deal is there is no can't when it comes with God. All right. I mean, you can't say you can't do it. Now, it might seem difficult, but how difficult is it when the greater one's on the inside of you? I mean, it's, you know, it's not that hard. Now, what happens is, is you have to change your mindset. I changed my mindset. You know, I get it. Things are twice as expensive. I, I, I understand that. I mean, I, fuel got down below $3 a gallon. Now it's up to like three fifty again, whatever. But my mindset is, you know what? It doesn't matter. You're like, it doesn't matter. You're like, yeah, but that's extra money. I, I got I to gotta do. And, well, see, that's the problem. You're thinking about what you got to do. Whenever we think about what we have to do, well, we, we got to raise extra money. We got to, we got to, we, we, no, no, you got to trust God. You have to trust God. See, that's the deal is when you're thinking, well, I got to do that. I got I got I got I got That's when you're looking at the winds and the waves. See, you're trying to do things in your own strength. I get it. I get it. Financially, you're thinking, I, I don't know how to do it. What, you know, but the Bible says that, that if we ask anything in his name, he will do it. That's John chapter 14. Anything means, you know, I, I need more money. You know, and when you say I need more money, that doesn't mean it's always going to come from your job. Doesn't mean it's come from some certain person who's blessed you in the past. What it means is just believe God. You know, actually God has blessed me here recently um, from court cases that I knew nothing about. Um, it seems like here recently, I, I, I keep coming home and opening checks and it says there was a class action lawsuit and here's a check. I mean, one of my checks was like 500 bucks. I'm like, keep suing these people. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I want a thing from State Farm. Evidently, someone was mad at State Farm and I was a part of class. I, I got some money from AT&T. I got some money from, um, and, and Bank of America's fixing to pay me money too because I know they just filed another class action lawsuit. So I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I didn't even know I was a part of it. <laughs> um, I actually, um, um, well, I think one check was actually like $1,500, you know, that I didn't expect. I don't know where it came from. I didn't know there was a lawsuit. 
And usually the class action lawsuit, like one time there was one that got Red Bull and I got a case of Red Bull, four Red Bulls. That was my, that was my prize. But I guess I got wings. Um, that's, you have to see the commercial. Anyway, I think that was the whole lawsuit because Red Bull actually doesn't give you real wings and somebody sued them because they said they don't get wings when they get... Anyway, I, I, I don't know, but, but I, I mean, you know, if God wants to bless me because of some kind of class action lawsuit, I'll take it. I mean, it's, it, it's interesting. And, and, um, but, you know, when the Bible says that my God shall supply all my needs according to the rich and glory by Christ Jesus. So when my needs go up, his supply goes up. My God does not have a supply chain crisis. All right, see, whenever we're looking at the winds and the waves, we're trying to think, we're trying to think that our God's natural and he has supply chain crisis. No, he doesn't. The problem is you're getting your focus off of Jesus and you're looking at the winds and waves, even though when sometimes you don't even realize what you're doing. You know, and, and that's the thing about it is we have to, if we want to keep in the, this higher level, then we're going to have to forget about natural things that are going on. If it gives you anxiety by watching the news, quit watching the news. If you get anxiety because you go online and people are griping about all kinds of different things or whatever, then quit going online. You know, if there's something that causes stress, quit doing it. You say, well, yeah, work causes me stress. Well, I'm... I'm then find a job you like, all right? Maybe it's time to make a career change. They're hiring pretty much everywhere. They might even hire you, even though you have no experience um, in doing whatever else you want to do. Um, you know, you say, well, it's not just work. It's the people I work with. Um, well, get them saved. I, I don't know. You're like, they are saved. <laughs> Amen. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know. All right. Um, 2 Corinthians 4.17. 2 Corinthians 4.17. Let's go there. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. I'm going to read from the New Living. It says this. For our present troubles are small. Everyone say small. See, you know, sometimes our present troubles don't look small, but I want you to think that they're small even when they feel big. See, it, it, it's your, your perception in your own mind. See, they might look big to you, but to God, they're just small. All right. I mean, you know, you, what we don't realize, we, we, in our own finite mind, we don't realize, um, you know, just the whole, whole scheme of things. I mean, you know, I get it. There, there are some of us that, that we're, you know, we're believing God for $2,000 and that's a lot of money. And there's people that spend $2,000 on a lunch, you know, because the things that seem big to us might seem small to others. I, I just heard about a person that ordered a $500 steak because they're like, oh yeah, everyone should do that once. I'm like, who orders a $500 steak? I mean, you know, I'm a penny pincher. I'm not ordering a $500 steak. And if, you know, I mean, that's, I mean, that's stupid. It's not worth $500 to eat a steak. You say, yeah, but it, it's like the most tenderest meat in the world and all that kind of, I, I don't care. 
Um, I have teeth. I can chew it up. Yeah, some kind of special Wagyu, whatever meat. And, and, you know, and it was $500. And I'm like, and they didn't buy it. I will say they didn't buy it. The person they were with says, you should try it. But they were paying for it, so I, I get it. You know, maybe I would eat a $500 steak if someone begged me to do it because they were paying for it. But actually what I would do is I would say, well, what if I get the $25 steak and you give me the money? That's my mindset, you know, because my gut doesn't need the 500. I mean, you realize you put a $500 steak in, it does come out just like the, the $20 steak. I mean, it's only in there for a short time. Sorry about the visual folks. Um, all right. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. And I know sometimes we read the Bible about long suffering and we're thinking our troubles are going to last a long time. Well, get that out of your mind. You know, and I get it. You might be saying, well, I don't know how I'm going to pay this. So you're thinking this is going to last a long time because I put this on their credit card and they say it's going to take me 20 years to pay it off. Well, at your present payoff rate. But you know what? Your God can help you pay that off faster. All right. I mean, the thing about it is you have to have the mindset, this is only temporal. These are, it's a small issue that won't last long. All right. You you say, but it it seems like it's going to last. Well, quit focusing on what it seems like and focus in on Jesus. You know, it goes on to say, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things we cannot, that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. So the deal is, is you, I know this is, is going to sound stupid. You have to focus on things you cannot see. All right. So just because you can't see Jesus doesn't mean he doesn't exist. All right. But we have to focus in, you know what? I can't see it. I don't know how it's going to happen, but see, it's not for me to make it happen. It's the Bible says only believe, only believe. So my responsibility is to believe. He's the one who has to figure out how to make it happen. I don't think God is really worried about how he's going to make it happen. The problem is, is if you have to believe if you're going to receive. But if you're looking at the winds and waves and start thinking about how much money you don't have or, or how much you need, you're, you're, you're thinking, man, what am I going to do? And that's where you're not in faith. See, a lot of people think they're in faith, but they're not. Because if you're worried about stuff, then you're not, you don't. See, faith is believing God that it's already happened. If it's already happened, how can you worry about something that's already happened? You can't worry about things that already happened. In fact, another example from my grandfather, he, he was, my grandmother was mad at him one day. Um, 
I've thought it a number of times um, in life. And he was, she wasn't mad at him, mad at him. She was like one of these don't you care type situations. And, you know, and I think a lot like him, so it's really easy for me to think because I get people mad at me too, sometimes too. Um, is that, so my grandmother actually, they were standing on the porch. It was, it was my grandfather, my grandmother, and my, mom, my, my dad, and my Aunt Pat. You know, they, were, they were younger. And my grandmother looked at my grandfather and says, says Kenneth, um, I mean, you know, don't you worry about, you know, anything? Because I, I think that if me and the kids both fell dead right now, you wouldn't even worry about it. You know what his answer was? Well, why would I worry about then? You're already dead. You know, I know that's a little bit extreme, you know, but, but the thing about it is sometimes we worry so much. In fact, I think that if we didn't worry, we'd have nothing else to do. Now, if you're worried about something, you don't believe it's already happened. See, see, faith is an unquestioning belief without any proof or evidence, according to Webster's New World Dictionary or yourdictionary.com. Um, so, so, you know, if it's already been done for me, why am I worried about it? I'm only worried about it if I don't think that God has taken care of it or can take care of it. I know my God's abilities. I, I know my God loves me. I, I, you know, I, I, I know it's, it's, as, it's as good as done. Here's the thing. If there, there's people that live in this earth that have the wherewithal, and if they were to tell you, said, what's that bill? Whatever your bill, however much you owe, doesn't matter. If they had the wherewithal, said, said just give it to me, I'm going to pay it. You wouldn't worry about it anymore, even when they haven't given you the money yet. Because you trust them enough that if, you know, there are certain people that we know, if they said that they're going to give you money, you, you wonder whether it's going to happen or not. But there are people that you know, that you trust, if they tell you, they give you their word, they're going to pay that bill for you, you quit worrying because you know it's good as done. So why are you worrying about it when God says, I've paid your bill for you? Why are you worried about it? It's because you're looking at the winds and the waves and not focusing on Jesus. See, it's our mindset. And what happens is when we look at the winds and waves, even though when Jesus is right there, see, it doesn't matter that he's right there. What matters is what is your focusing on? Because even though Jesus was right there, Peter was walking on the water, but when he lost his focus, he began to fall, he began to sink. And that's what happens to us. We think that we're, we're you know, we're like breezing along and all of a sudden things happen and we begin to look to the right, look to the left. We begin to look at all the things that are going on, all the commotion. You know, um, a lot of people have, I have the distinct ability to tune out things. All right. I just don't listen to it. So I don't hear it sometimes, even though it happens. You know, I used to do that with my kids a lot. And I, I would get in trouble because like they're screaming and yelling and fighting you know, whatever. I, I, I didn't, I was tuned up because I'm focusing on whatever I'm doing. You know, and that's what we have to do. The devil's always going to try to put ambient noises around you. He's always going to put those things out there. You know, Isaiah 54 says, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. There's going to be weapons formed against us. They're not going to prosper. But you know what? They're going to come. 
But we have to focus in on one thing and one thing only, that's Jesus Christ and him crucified. All right, we all know this, this verse, um, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, New King James says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Now we know what the verse says, but so many of us, we're trying to walk by sight. You know, a lot of this, we have the Thomas mentality. Thomas was the disciples that, you know, the, the disciple who wasn't there when Jesus appeared. And, you know, whenever he, he's like, he was doubting, he really appeared like, oh yeah, you guys are just jerking my chain. Jesus really didn't appear to him. So when Jesus did appear, he says, here, Tom, he says, until I put my hands in, in the scars and that kind of stuff. So when Jesus came back and appeared, he's like, Thomas, come over here and put your hands, you know, here. But see, they, Thomas doubted. And a lot of us, we make fun of Thomas, but we're just like him. We're just like him. Because we don't comprehend it. And I get it. It's really hard when all this noise is going on, all, all these winds and waves are going on. It's really hard to focus in and get that out of your mindset. But, but the deal is, is we're like, well, yeah, I know he says he's going to do it, but I just don't know. And I don't know when, I, you know, God's timing is different than my timing. And I don't, we'll, we'll quit doing the I don't thing. It's not about you. That's the problem. You got to get yourself out of the picture and start focusing on him. And, um, you know, we walk by faith and not by sight. It's not what we see. You know, there's many times you're going to open a bill and you're going to go, oh my goodness. I, you know, especially stuff like electricity, water, or, or, you know, all these bills that you don't know how much they really are until you open them after last month. And you didn't realize, well, maybe I shouldn't keep my, my thermometer on 65 degrees <laughs> because it was more expensive than I thought. And then, um, you know, maybe I shouldn't be watering the plants every day or all these kind of things because you, you don't realize. Now, it used to be, it, thank God for the, we, we had differences on our phone bills, but our, our phone bills, um, you know, now they have this one plan, $50 a month or, or whatever. Man, back in the day, I mean, you know, my kids would use too many minutes or then I don't know, how, how many remember when you had to pay for text? Anyone remember when you had to pay for text? Cameron would send 5,000 texts a month. So one day I'm like, give me see your phone. And I look at his phone. I look at his text. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Th these, these, these are actual texts. I'm like, I'm paying 50 cents for you to say, okay. Yeah. Good. If I'm paying 50 cents, you better write a book. Now, sometimes what would happen is you would get so many free texts and th then they would start, you know, um, you know, you know, charging you. And the deal is you would never know how much it was going to be till like, you know, you would get the bill and you find out how much it costs last month. But then you're finding out they've already, we're already halfway through the next month and they've already eclipsed the time, eclipsed the text, eclipsed. I mean, it was just a pain in the rear. I'm like, man, if, I mean, you know, if, if you really need to send a text, please say more than, okay, yeah, um, you know, that's cool. I mean, write a book. And then I'm like, you know, at that point in time, I'm like, you know, I'm like, don't you have Facebook? Aren't they on Facebook? Send them a message on Facebook where it's free. All right. Now, you know, so 
thank God that they worked that out and figured it out so now we don't have to pay for every text and every, everything. But, but, but that was the thing about it is I didn't know how much it was going to be. My phone bill always would change. That's why you have to quit having kids on your phone plan. Um, you know, then, then they're like, well, yeah, then, you know, you can't talk to them. So it's, um, maybe that's a good thing sometimes. So, um, but, um, you know, it's not about what we see, it's about what we know. You know, I think that we need to have the mentality that whenever we open a, a bill or we get bad news, you know, from the doctor or whatever, your first thought shouldn't be, I don't know what I'm going to do. My first thought should be, God's got this. God's got this. He's got this. He's got this under control. You know, now sometimes I don't know how he's going to do it, but that's not for me to figure out. I'm, I have the only believe part. All things are possible if I believe. I mean, so I don't have to worry about how it's going to happen. I, I just let it happen. You're, you're, you're like, well, that, that sounds too good to be true. Well, if it's too good to be true, it's probably Jesus. All right, but here's what happens is, so whenever we're looking, you know, we're focusing on Jesus and winds and waves start coming, first of all, we start having thoughts. All right, you know, thoughts like, I don't know, I don't know how. And then those thoughts start turning into words. Our thoughts come first and then we begin to speak words like, I never have enough money. I never can afford this. I can't afford that. I can't afford, you know, that. I mean, it just, it just I mean, every time I get paid and, and then, you know, a week goes by and I don't have enough money. See, you have what you say you have. You know, uh, you know I'm always sick. I'm always tired. You know, I actually, I'll, I'll, I'll go, you know, on the record that for a long time, I used to every day show up, man, I'm tired, I'm tired. I, I, I do feel a little tired this morning, but I'm not, you know, it's okay. But, you know, I mean, you know, at least I have an excuse, but a lot of times I would say, I'm tired, I'm tired. You know, the more we talk about how tired I am, the tireder I got. And even if I took a nap, I was still tired. Sometimes I'm more tired after I took a nap than before I took the nap. You know, because I kept talking about how tired I was and I know I talked myself into it. Well, you can also talk yourself out of it. So if what happens is first we have a thought and then we start speaking those thoughts and then when we speak those thoughts, things become reality. So first of all, you shouldn't have the thought, but if you do have the thought, don't let it get to your mouth. See, what happens is, is when you have the thought, as soon as that thought comes, then you need to take authority over that thought. You, you, need, you need to put on the mind of Christ because Christ doesn't think that way. You do. Christ doesn't think, well, I mean, you know, I don't know how it's going to happen. Christ never thinks about that because Christ already thinks about, hey, I already died on the cross. I, I took care of it 2,000 years ago. It's up to you to, to get it now. The way you get it now is you walk by faith and not by sight. We're not moved by what we see, 
but we ha- we're moved by the knowledge on the inside. But what happens is, is that we, we have a thought and then soon it start, we start speaking it out. Um, Matthew 12, 37, New Living says, the words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Your words are powerful. In fact, you know, in the natural world, whenever you have like business coaching and different things like you, they tell you to speak things out, positive things. It's a power of positive thinking. You know, it's the same way. I mean, how can you, and here's the thing. I feel sorry for the people who don't know Jesus. I feel sorry for the people who don't know Jesus. I, I know, I only, I know Jesus, but I also know he's also on the inside. He's with me at all times. So, so I'm like, why would I speak negative things when the greater one's on the inside of me? I think, speak negative things because I'm losing my focus on him. And I'm thinking about the winds and the waves and all these things. And I'm trying to figure out in my own mind, how is that going to work? Now, that's why I thank God for my heritage. I thank God that I know what the word of God says. Now we got those new t-shirts, you know, it says the Bible says that I believe in that settles it. I've heard that all my life. You know, I've also had discussions with my grandfather. I have a discussion with my grandfather. I asked him a spiritual question. He says, he doesn't answer it. He never answers it. I don't even know why I quit asking. That's why the fact that he's been gone for 20 years, I know the answer. A lot of times I'm thinking, you know, I wish he was here so I could ask him this question. But then I'm like, but I already know the answer. Every time I asked him a spiritual question, he would then turn around and ask me, well, what does the Bible say about that? If I don't know what the Bible says about that, that was where my problem is. All right. Now I know the word, so I would tell him what the Bible says. And he says, then why don't you believe that? And that was my end of my conversation. Now, sometimes he would actually, he would actually talk about a story about how some situation happened or, or, or whatever like that. But the point is, he would always remind me, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? What was the Bible say? So whenever I, I have winds and waves, I need to figure out what the Bible says about my winds and waves. It says focus in on Jesus, not the winds and waves. If I focus in on the winds and waves, according to Matthew chapter 14, I'm going to drown. And that's where some of us are. We're drowning. Some of you were drowning before, the, before this past week, and now you're on top of the water again. So stay there. Well, how do you stay on top of the water? You focus in on Jesus. Yeah, but I have this. But you see, that's the problem. You have too many butts. Get rid of your butts, and everything will be fine. See, we always make excuses on why. But the only excuse is you. There are no excuses. Just believe God. My favorite verse, Mark eleven twenty two. Have faith in God. Drop the mic. That's all we got to do. You're like, well, that sounds tough. How tough is it? We're talking about the one that created the heavens and the earth, one that created the universe, the one that created man from dust. If God can, can create, you know, do you realize how many cells and how many, all, all these kinds of things. I mean, you realize just our reflexes alone. 
I mean, right now, if someone, don't do it though, if someone actually threw something toward me right now in the peripheral vision of my eye, I could see it while I'm looking at you and all of a sudden I would either, I would, I would try to block it or I would turn, try to catch it or, or do something because that's how my reflexes, uh, that's faster than I could even think. And it started out from dust. So if God can create something is, in, in, you know, like us from dust, think how, how easy it is for him to help you get $2,000 to pay your bill. No, I know $2,000 might, I mean, for you that, that want to go to Rhema Bible Training College, rbtc.org, it's only $3,050 for the whole year. That's pretty cheap. All right, that's really cheap. And then we have people that say, well, it's, it's just too hard to pay that. <laughs> Whatever you say, you're going to have. You know, it's always too hard. It's always too this. It's always, you know, we need to change our mindset because we need to change our focus. Maybe you need to go get some new glasses or maybe you need to get some glasses. Because you're having trouble focusing in and you're saying, well, yeah, but I can't see it. But see, we walk by faith and not by sight. It's not what we see, it's what we know. We know the greater ones on the inside. We don't have to see them walking on the water. I mean, we, we, we know it. You know, and there, there'll be many times that even whenever you're hearing the noise and, you know, when the devil's talking loud and, you know, all these kind of things, the Bible says resist him and he'll flee from you. But when he's talking loud, all of a sudden you'll feel something on the inside saying, you know what, you know, but we don't do anything about it. A lot of times we just let the devil talk. I always tell him to shut up because, you know, I, I, I mean, I always say, Mr. Devil, you have no right. You have no authority in the name of Jesus. God, leave me alone. That's, I, do, I do that a lot. You have no right. You have no authority. Now, what we say will eventually become what we have. So if you want to not have enough money ever, then keep saying it. If you want to not be able to afford to, to fill your gas tank up, then keep saying it. I mean, you, you keep saying it. You keep talking about how, if, if you want to never accomplish anything in life. I, I heard someone the other day say, well, I'll never be able to afford a house. Well, I mean, you'll never be able to afford a house? I mean, I'll always have to rent or pay. Or, well, you know what? You will. Why? Because you said it. But that's the problem is, is you have small thinking and you need to get on the mind of Christ because you know what? I mean, Jesus said that I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. All right, you know, I get it. Maybe you're in an apartment now, but that doesn't mean you'll never be able to buy a house. But if that's your mindset, you're never gonna be able to buy, I'm gonna hear it, I'm gonna prophesy to you right now, you'll never be able to buy a house. Why? Well, because you said so. You said so. You said so. One of the most significant things that I ever heard, um, you know, on the you said so thing was one of the guys who used to work for us. And I knew him fairly well as, as a younger child. Um, he went into the hospital with some kind of mysterious things and was on a, a um, he was um, in a comatose experience. It was right before his 40th birthday. 
And my grandfather was, was at the hospital praying. Um, my uncle Buddy also there praying. And, and they, they said they, they just couldn't keep, they couldn't get any, anything. And all of a sudden, um, his brother um, wasn't living in Tulsa time. He moved later on. He came and he was there. And his brother told my grandfather and my uncle, says, you know, this gentleman, I mean, my brother, always says, I'll never live to see 40. I'll never live to see. He said, he would say, as a young kid, he would say to all the time. Now, they had some relatives that, that had died before 40, some, some grandfather, father, I mean, you know, and he would always say, I'll never live to, to, um, to be 40. I'll never live to be 40. And um, my grandfather got these words. This is what the Lord says. Words were spoken long ago that cannot be changed at this time. He died before his 40th birthday. Now, I'm showing you the power of words. You know, that's why I'm here to tell you that cancer cannot live in my body. No sickness and disease cannot live in my body. I'm going to live and I'm not going to die. And I'm not going to, you know, that's why I'm saying all during the whole COVID thing, I'm not dying of COVID. I'm not dying of cancer. I'm not dying of any sickness or disease. Why? Because I said so. I said so. I had a, we had an individual that I talked to on the phone and they, they were elderly. They had like four comorbidities or whatever. When I had them on the phone, they got COVID and in their own mind, I could tell that they were gonna die. And I began to talk with them. I said, I'm gonna tell you right now, you're gonna live and you're not gonna die. I want you to get that out of your mind. I made him repeat it after me three or four times. I'm going to live and I'm not going to die. I'm going to live and I'm not going to die. I'm going to live and I'm not going to die. Guess what? Five days later, they were ready to come back to work. But they had to quarantine until whatever, you know. The... Our mindset's very important. What we say is very important. What we say is really important. And what we say is usually dependent upon our circumstance all around about us. Are you focusing on Jesus? Or are you focusing on the winds and the waves? The last scripture, which goes along with speaking. Um, let's stay frozen here. Um, all right. Um, we'll go, let's go to another place. Okay. Um, is um, Proverbs 18.21. I'm going to read this from the New Living. It says, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. All right. So what you, you know, the life, life and death is in the power of the tongue. It says in the King James, what you say is what you're going to have. But I like it says, it says, those who love to talk will reap the consequences. You're going to reap whatever consequences. If you speak positive things, you're going to have positive things. If you speak negative things, you're going to have negative things. You're going to have whatever you say that worked in the Old Testament, works in the New Testament. Mark chapter 11. What you say, you're going to have. So here's the homework. When you catch yourself saying things you do not want, then quit saying them. Because at some point in time, you're going to hear your own mouth say things that you do not want to have. You're going to say things against your own, you know, thought. I, I was, I saw a message by Terry Savelle Foy. That's, that's Terry Savelle's um, youngest daughter. And she has a teaching, and I really liked it. She says that whatever you say afterwards, and you should say, and I want it that way. 
So if, you, if you're saying, well, I never have enough money, then you can say, and I want it that way. I'm always sick and tired, and I want it that way. And when you start putting in, I want it that way toward all those things, if you don't want it that way, then you're going to change what you're saying. Because everything you're saying, you should want it that way. I never can afford, I can't even afford to fill up my tank, and I want it that way. I'll never have a new house, and I want it that way. No, you don't want it that way. So quit saying things you do not want. You know, Burger King used to have a commercial, have it your way, Burger King, hold the pickles, hold the lettuce, hold, you know, whatever. Well, the deal is, if you didn't tell them to hold the pickles to hold the lettuce, they're going to put them on there. That's not the way you want it, right? So the only way to get it the way you want it is to speak the words that you want. What do you want? So instead of speaking, I'll never have a house. Say, you know what? Not only am I going to have a house, I'm going to have a nice house. Now your mind's going to say, well, I don't know how I'm going to afford that. But that's not, that's not the right now. You need to focus in on what you desire. The Bible says that God will give us the desires of our heart. In fact, you know, Mark 11, 24 says, what things soever we desire... When we pray, believe that we receive them and we will have them. Well, what are we going to have, folks? What we desire. We're going to have what we desire. Well, you know what? Whatever you're speaking is what you desire. Now, you might be in your own mind saying you're believing God for this and that, but if you're speaking out that you never have enough, then then you're, you're confused in your own body. You know? It's, you know, quit being confused in your own body and your own mind. Understand that we have to focus in on Jesus at all times. And, you know, it's easy to focus in on Jesus when you're in this room. You know, it's easy to to get our focus whenever we're, and sometimes it's easy to get a focus. Maybe you're not in this room, but you happen to be around other like-minded believers. It's, It's easy to do that. But it's not always easy to focus in on him when you're by yourself or when it's you and, and your spouse and, and you're looking at your bills and you're looking at all your things and you're, you're, you're looking at the economy and you're looking at this and you're looking at that. We'll just quit looking at all those kind of things and look to Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. You know, so when Jesus said it is finished, it's finished. All we got to do is believe. All we got to do is walk by faith and not by sight. All we got to do is speak those things into existence. We can have what we say we can have. It's just that simple. It's not hard. But don't be like Peter. And, and, you know, yes, Peter did walk on the water, but then he got distracted. And that's where a lot of us are. Especially after a great meeting, man, we feel like we're, we're on a spiritual high. Then the next day or two, Monday hits, and you're back at work with some awesome people. That's, that's a faith statement. You say, well, I work at Rainbow. Then they are awesome people. Um, um, they might be tired awesome people, but they are awesome people. Um, you know, 
it doesn't matter. Really, it doesn't matter. You know what? You know, I know, I remember hearing my grandfather and he talks about whenever they had a situation where a wind or wave popped up, you know what he would always say? Well, it's just another opportunity to believe God, you know, and, and, and see God work. Just another opportunity to have a testimony. Just another opportunity. You know, um, you know, just take that opportunity. I'm, I'm going to take that opportunity when, when, I, when I see this bill or I, I see the situation or, you know, when, you know, this happens a lot of times with things, things are going great, especially on a spiritual high. The next thing you know, your power steering pump goes out in your car. Then you get the bill. What it's going to cost to fix it. And sometimes, you know what? It actually costs more for the labor now than it does for the parts sometimes. You know, and um, you're like, well, I thought everything was great. Everything is great. Yeah, but I, I got to pay an extra $400 now on a power steering pump. Well, praise God. Keith Moore had a song, Hallelujah Anyhow. Never, never let the devil get you down. Just another opportunity to show how good God is. God can provide $400 for me to get a power steering pump. Well, I don't want, I mean, I didn't want a $400 power steering pump. I want a $400 big screen TV. Well, then get both. Well, how am I going to do that? Just believe God. Quit speaking and say, well, I had money saved for a TV, but now I'm buying a power steering pump. Well, then get a power steering pump this month and buy a bigger TV next month. I mean, because maybe the 75 inch thing will go down because man, I mean, TVs are actually really, I mean, they're so cheap now compared to what they used to be. I'm thinking before long, we're gonna, you know, people are gonna have like, you know, 150 inch TVs in their house for the same price that they paid for the 75 inch TV, you know, a couple years ago. You know, it doesn't matter. It's my, you know, it, it's just another opportunity to believe God. I'm going to keep my focus in on Jesus, no matter how many winds, how many waves, how many, how much sickness, how much disease, how, how much, it doesn't matter. Those things are, are only temporal. They're only temporary. They're just, they're, they're a small situation. Now, most people in this room feel they can probably believe God for a hot dog. Well, everything you believe God is just like a hot dog. It's not that big a deal. It's really small. It's really small. And in fact, the, the Bible talks about if you have the faith, faith of a mustard seed, one of the smallest seeds known to mankind, you can move a mountain. So how much faith do you need for $2,500? Not much. You know, but my grandfather says, but you don't even have enough faith to blow your nose. So, um, you know. <laughs> but you can. You need to focus in on the right things. Focus in on Jesus Christ and him crucified. Focus in on the answer and not the problem because the Bible says that Jesus is the answer. The song goes, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above there is no other, Jesus is the way. When you focus in on Jesus, winds and waves do not matter. Economy doesn't matter. Nothing else matters because Jesus is. It is the answer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you and we praise you. We magnify your name. We thank you, Father, for each and every person that's here. And Father God, we just thank you to help us at all times keep our focus in on your son, Jesus Christ. And whenever we have winds and waves come our way, help us to be able to focus in on Jesus like never before. Help us to, to let the winds and waves distraction go, you know, leave us alone. 
Father God, we just thank you that we'll, you'll touch our thought life and you'll touch our mouth and our tongue, that we won't say things that we don't want, but we'll speak life and death. Oh, we speak life words and not death words. Father God, we just thank you for each and every person here. We just thank you, Father, that you are ministering to them, that you're blessing them. We thank you, Father, that, that you're gonna bless them like no, that you've never blessed them before. Father God, we just thank you for it right now. But maybe, Father, if anyone is here that does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, we thank you today that they'll come to not, the saving knowledge of him. If you're in this, this morning, here today and you say, Craig, I've never been saved and I want to today. Lift your hand right now across this auditorium and we want to pray for you. If you've never been saved and you want to be saved today, you've never asked Jesus Christ to become Lord and Savior of your life, you can today. Or maybe you're here today and you say, um, I don't know whether I'm saved or not. I've been in church, but you know, I always say this, you can live in a garage and make your car. You know, you can come to church without being saved. You know, um, it's just that simple to have that saving knowledge of, of him. Just ask him to come into your heart. If that's you, lift your hand. I want to pray with you. Or maybe you're here today and, and um, you're like, Craig, I just want to publicly rededicate my life to God. You don't have to, but if you, some people want to publicly do that. If that's you, lift your hand. We want to pray with you across this auditorium. Father God, I don't see any hands, but we thank you right now. If there is anyone that's here this morning that's not saved, that does not know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. We thank you for sending laborers across their path. We thank you, Father, for, for helping them come to the saving knowledge of you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Want to sing something? And Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the time you have winds and waves trying to blow through your living room, I just want you to remember, I'm going to focus in on the answer. That's Jesus Christ. Amen. If you're a first time visitor um, this morning, we're glad to have you this morning. The connection team is in the aisle. They want to take you really quickly to the North Lobby. We have a gift for you um, that we want to give to you um, and say, well, thank you for coming to Ramah. Amen. Praise God. Well, you know the way we dismiss around here. Um, we'll be headed to the doors. Just shake your hand. Amen. God is a good God. Amen. Don't forget, be back here 6 p.m. Um, tonight. Um, another, another wonderful, wonderful service. Amen.